Yo, 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 what up, dogs, and welcome to the 12th episode of the Fantasy Football Dogs Podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Panther, and as always, I'm here with my very good buds, Nathan McDonald. It's draft season. And Micah Burge. It's rookie season. All right, potato, potato. Uh, well, welcome in, guys. We we appreciate you all listening. Um, today, we're very excited because we are finally... After covering every player in this league last year, are going to be covering the players that are coming into the league this year in about a month's time. And we're super excited about it. And today we're going to be talking about this absolutely stacked, absolutely loaded, completely just nasty 2021 rookie quarterback class. And it's super exciting. I mean, I think uh, there's up to six maybe even seven guys here that really could eventually be a starting quarterback in the nfl and i think there's five guys that everybody talks about um as being potential starters this year uh, and you don't really see that a lot the last time we had a quarterback st- uh, quarterback class this stacked at least that seemed this stacked um and i still think the elite talent wasn't quite as high but was the um baker sam darnold uh lamar jackson draft class and so um yeah it's really exciting uh i think there's going to be some real gems to come out of this one um yeah uh any news that you guys think we should cover uh that has happened in the past couple of days before we we hop into it guys anything off the top of your heads the person that nathan called going uh, Mike to Davis atlanta signed to atlanta yeah yeah called it yeah. Nathan did call that if you listen uh, to our coverage of the Atlanta Falcons uh, uh, or maybe it was the coverage of the Carolina Panthers, but same episode either way. Um, and uh, yeah, no, we're, we're, we're pretty happy about that as Falcons fans. I think, I mean, he's as of right now projected to be the RB one. Um, if we don't get a running back with our second pick, I think he'll start the season out as the RB one. And I think this kind of does free us up a little bit to, if we, if we don't, if we did want to wait to the third uh, round or, or something, we, we maybe could for the running back. Um, not to say, I still think if, if, if ETN or uh, Javante De- uh, uh, Williams is still there, I'd, I'd like to have them, but um, it does give us a little more versatility. Um, so yeah. What do you, what are you guys' thoughts? Lucky to everyone. Or I'm just jealous of everyone who has a Mike Smith owner or a Mike Davis owner. You know, you get him last year and McCaffrey goes out and he's a little bit older, does great next year, and then he comes in to become the RB1 for the Falcons. Like, whew, that that just changed dramatically in just like a season's time of your value of Mike Davis. Yeah, I think um, he's going to be the only free agent of his caliber going there. Um, and I could also see him being the starting back uh, all of next year. I do expect them to bring in someone in the draft to pair with him or to – for him to bring under his wing and then eventually take over. Um, So we'll have to see what they do. Um, If they get someone in the second round, then there are some guys there that I believe would definitely be splitting carries with Mike Davis at the very least. So, um, but yeah, we'll just have to keep an eye on the draft to see. Um, But he he definitely has, uh, you know, an uptick in value for next year after that. For sure. And one thing that's exciting about him is he's, he really is kind of an all purpose back. He's, he has the ability to be a three down back. He can catch passes and he did that really well with the Carolina Panthers. Um, so 
this isn't just a situational guy. This is a guy that we could depend on if we do have to lean on him, I think, and at least for next season. Going forward, he is getting a little bit up there in age. So, uh, you know, definitely in redraft, it's a little bit more exciting. But uh, even still, if you need somebody to plug and play next season in your dynasty roster, uh, great guy to have. So, anyways, uh, let's get into these quarterbacks here. Yeah, this is uh, super exciting. We've been waiting this, studying up, watching a lot of film for a long time. Um, and, uh, you know, for most of this, I think we can go around and say who we have ranked where, but I think to start out here, we're all going to pretty much have the same number one. Uh, so, uh, and that is Trevor Lawrence. Am I, am I right about that? Does anybody have the bold take of having otherwise? Nope. I agree. I am not, I'm not going to do the Phil Sims take and put Wilson at number one. I'm, I'm still putting Lawrence number one. All right. All right. So, yeah. 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 yeah, Why don't you go ahead and start out and tell us why you have a number one, uh, Nathan. I know you're you're uh, you're really big on your your number two guys. We'll get it. We'll get into here in a minute. But uh, tell him why why he still eked out the number one spot. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say eked out. I mean, he's definitely the safer prospect. Um, He's we've seen him do it for several years now. Um, He really is like an Android quarterback built in a lab. Um, and they just stuck the face and hair of Celine Dion just to make it look all goofy. Uh, but he is really, um, dude, he's just exceptional. Like he, he's the best quarterback prospect to come along since Andrew Luck, as far as like, you know what you're going to get. Uh, he's the easiest choice for a general manager or coach to make and to sell to the fans. Um, so I think he's going to be a no brainer to the Jags. Um, so, and just real quick, kind of go over, you know, strengths and weaknesses on him for me. Um, you know, obviously arm talent and size, he has that in spades. Um, the guy's six, six, uh, he has surprising mobility of faster than defenders think because he's so long legged and has really long strides. Um, and then he's really accurate all over the field. Um, my weaknesses on him would be he played on a team that had more five stars than probably the entire rest of the conference he was in. So a uh, combined. So he is going to have to adjust to not having the best blocking, not having receivers that can dominate at the catch point, um, not having a running back like ETN. So, you know, I think there's going to be a little bit of adjustment, but I think he's more than capable of making it. And also he was a bit thinner than I thought he would be. He measured in at 213 pounds at his pro day. Um, and you can tell he's a little bit lankier than you would like. Um, you know, we're, we're nitpicking here, but uh, if there would be a small weakness, I would say that's it. Um, then pro comparison for him, for me, would be Andrew Luck. Um, but is, is there any part of that you disagree with? Or you know, what do you think, Micah? Oh, see, here's the thing. People are starting to get into this, oh, maybe Zach Wilson should be the top pick over Trevor Lawrence. And you just watch the tape of Trevor and you just know people have just gotten like so used to him being the top pick. They're like, oh, maybe he's not because they've been hearing it for the last three years. And it's no, he is the best quarterback Mm -hmm. in this draft class. I think the main thing for it is, is that his ceiling is very high. Like he has a very high ceiling, but his floor mm-hmm. is so high as well. Like I think even at worst, like he's above the Dalton line. And if you're going to have an, at least at worst above average quarterback, he like, he's going to like help you like mm-hmm. win playoff games to possibly go to the Super Bowl. So he's the guy you can build around for 10 plus years. And when you watch his tape, dude, I love the way he throws the ball. He just like has this like quick little, like, you know, motion that he does. And it's just so smooth and natural. 
and he's got the arm strength to compile with it. It's not like he can just do it quick. He has zip in there to get it over in the middle and um, hit guys on the deep ball. Mm-hmm. And I just I, I love him as a thrower. And then you add on to his like speed for his size. Like he's essentially like this isn't his quarterback comparison, but he reminds me a lot of like Justin Herbert in the way that he looks when he's out on the field. Just tall, lanky, quick arm to get the ball out. And Herbert excelled this year, and there's no reason why um, Trevor Lawrence can't either. Plus, he's going to a good situation in Jacksonville with pieces around him, and he's a guy that would succeed anywhere. When people thought he was going to the Jets, like they knew mm-hmm. he was going to be good. So now he's going to be able to showcase his talent because he's just – honestly, he reminds me, and he could end up being like Peyton Manning, maybe not on the mental side because that's where Peyton excelled so much, but from just from a physical standpoint, his high, his size and the way he's able to get the ball out and I think facilitate an offense – I think that could be like his ceiling, but that's also like a lot to say. Some guy's going to be like Peyton, but that's just who he reminds me of when I see him play. Right. Right. And I'm in, you know, and that's from a real life perspective. I think from a fantasy perspective, he has a higher ceiling than, than Peyton Manning. And I mean, cause mm-hmm. he averaged six, he had, or he, I, sorry, he averaged 77 rushes over, uh, over his three years at Clemson uh, for 314 yards and six rushing touchdowns. So, I mean, uh, you know, it's not obviously, um, you know, Kyler Murray level rush upside, but I mean, there's more there than the guys like Andrew Luck, guys like Peyton Manning. So, um, you know, he's, he's, he's off, he's, he, he's deceptively quick. He's, um, you know, he, he definitely passes first and there's a couple of other guys like that that have the speed, but also look to, to pass. But, um, yeah, I mean, um, my, my, my thing is he, he did throughout his career, not so much last season, he improved a lot, but have a fumbling issue. Um, when he got sacked, he would fumble a lot. Um, he averaged almost four, uh, fumbles a year, um, until his last year. So, um, you know, that that's that that's again just a nitpicky thing. And Nathan did mention his weight at the pro day. Some of these pro day weights, I'm not, you know, I think his playing weight is gonna be more around 220, 225. I think he'll have more muscle on his frame. Um, you know, um, maybe maybe not, but I do think like he I again he did look a little bit skinnier to me than than what he played at at his pro day, but that that could be just visual but he was uh, 217 in college so um i mean he has the frame to put on 10 more pounds but i'd like to see him do it because that's the thing is like justin herbert mike is like 206 pounds he's a big boy um i would like to see i mean i think lawrence has better arm talent than him but i'd like to see him get a little closer in weight and you never know what yeah, may no, happen because even I'm, when you look at Kevin Durant in the NBA, he is very skinny and he has done whatever he can to add weight and he just can't. So sometimes it's just genetically you can only put on so much weight. Yeah, right. we'll, but, we'll know within a couple seasons more. Right. And I mean, you know, he's going with professional, uh, you know, workout uh, exercise trainers and, 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 uh, you know, uh, nutrition coaches and everything else that are going to, you know, help them build muscle in a way that, I mean, not to say they don't have guys like that in the colleges, but uh, yeah. yeah, but when it's your full-time job, it's different. Yeah. yeah, That's the thing is you're not physically at your peak in 21 years old. Right. So I do expect him to add put some weight on once he, once he gets into the NFL. But that being said, uh, I want to play a little game here and, uh, I I did a startup draft with the rookies included recently and, Lawrence went at pick 108, which 
was really high to me. But when I look at the ADP and um, where other people are taking them, that seems pretty consistent between like 108 and 112. Uh, but I'm going to name a couple quarterbacks here that are uh, going in the first round or around the first round and uh, see if you guys would rather have Lawrence than him. So I'm going to start off with Dak here. Would you guys rather have Dak Prescott or, or uh, Trevor Lawrence? Oh, that's a tough one. I think Trevor's the better player and going to have a better career, but Dak has so many like great pieces around him like right now. Oh, I would go with Trevor. I go Trevor. Okay, though. Trevor. All right, one vote for Trevor. Nathan? It's close. Yeah, I'm going with Lawrence. Um, just, I think he's the more talented player and he, you know, he doesn't have an injury he's coming back from. So, and he's younger. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going with Lawrence. All right. Uh, the next one here, uh, is, uh, the, the equivalent to Trevor Lawrence last year, the guy that everybody was super excited about and one of the best prospects ever and had one of the best, uh, uh, uh college quarterback seasons ever in Joe Burrow. Uh, would you guys take Joe Burrow or, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. Okay. That one was a little easier than Dak. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, they went right after each other. Burrow went right after uh, Lawrence at the 109 in this draft. Uh, last year's rookie sensation, Justin Herbert. Would you guys rather have Herbert or Lawrence? Lawrence. Lawrence. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think for me there, I probably still would rather have Lawrence. I think there's a little more rushing upside, but uh, it is really, really, really close there, and I'd have to think about yeah. it. All right, so get this. I, I, I shouldn't name names, but Fantasy Pros in their dynasty rankings, guess what quarterback spot they currently have Lawrence at? What? It, it's, I'll just save you the time. They have him at 19th. That's in so dynasty. That's they so have him stupid. below Matt Ryan, Kurt <laughs> Cousins, Carson Wentz. What? Wow. Is this, okay, wait. I was going to say, is this in Superflex, but that doesn't matter. Uh, no, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter at all. Wait, that makes no sense. No, yeah, that, that is the that dumbest like thing. He is one spot out of Jared Goff. <laughs> that has to be, like, not updated. Like, uh, honestly, not I don't know if that would on. ever have been. Uh, update, last updated March 24th, 2021. Wow. That's today, ladies That's and gentlemen. That's outrageous. Yeah, That's maybe outrageous. Trevor Lawrence is like yeah. senior year of high school. That would make sense. But <laughs> yeah, wow. four years ago, that was relevant. All right. Well, let's figure. Uh, I got I got one more here. And this, I know two weeks ago, you would have said this person, but uh, Deshaun Watson right now with everything Trevor. going on. Would you Deshaun <laughs> Lawrence. Lawrence. All right. So we yeah. haven't said anybody other than Lawrence so far. So I guess the. Uh, you know, maybe for me, I think Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, uh, Lamar. Would mm-hmm. would everybody agree? I'd much yeah, rather I'd have, or not, maybe not much rather. I think Lamar's a little closer for me, just because I think longevity. Lawrence, it would probably be the guy. Um, but okay, yeah. So it sounds like he's maybe quarterback four or five for all of us. So much higher than uh, than other uh, unnamed uh, fantasy sites. But <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I think yeah. With that, we can we can move on and uh, go around and uh, so there's going to be a little bit of a of a tiebreaker here. So I think uh, why don't we start with you, Nathan? Why don't we start with you and have you go over your number two? You've kind of already cued to who you're going to have uh, number two. So why don't you start and tell us tell us who that is and why? Yeah, it's Zach Wilson, and it's not particularly close for me. Um, there's a clear teardrop after this in my opinion. I mean, not a, like a giant like talent tier, but um, in projections yeah zach wilson is awesome 
Um, like I said, Phil Sims has him as number one. He's been actually pretty good the last four years on quarterbacks, but I'm not going that far, but uh, he looked fantastic, man. Like it's, and everyone brings up the competition he plays, but if you look at the throws he makes, he's making NFL throws. They are throws that are on the money into tight coverage, thrown with velocity, often thrown on the run. Um, he has so many tools to work with. I, PFF had uh, gave him the highest grade for throwing into tight windows ever. Uh, the previous record holder was Joe Burrow last year. So uh, he, he makes NFL throws all the time. Uh, his strengths for me, uh, his arm talent is fantastic. He has the arm strength to make every throw you need. Um, but he has amazing accuracy. That's his best trait is his accuracy. Um, that and his release. He has a very, very fast release. Um, it really cuts down on the amount of time he has to sit there and hold the ball in the pocket. Um, that combined with his mobility and the way he can sling the ball on the run. And like, uh, I think he used to be a baseball player because he does a similar thing to Mahomes. Well, he'll, he'll contort his arm and throw it sideways and still generate a lot of torque on the ball and throw a bullet like that. So uh, to me, he honestly, like my pro comp for him is like a young Aaron Rodgers. Like he has that sort of accuracy and mobility and like, and I think he has a little bit of that swagger too. Like he's really good and he knows it. So um, weaknesses for him would obviously be that he only had one season of that great production. Um, in, in 2019, he was battling through a shoulder injury. And once that finally healed up, uh, I can't remember if he had to have it cleaned up or what, but uh, he went to QB camp all the way between uh, 2019 and 2020. And it, it just shows. Um, so yeah, for me, he's the second pick and um, it's, it's pretty clear cut. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, so for me, I'll go ahead and give my number two, and that's Justin Fields. And for me, it was a very close call, and I do have um, – I mean, I'll go ahead and cue it a little bit, but my number three is Zach Wilson. And I did have them close, and I didn't go into the film wanting to love Zach Wilson. But, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously it's great. But Justin Fields, for me, from a fantasy perspective – I think just has a higher, uh, I mean, he, he rushes a lot more and that's a big part of his game. Not to say that Zach Wilson can't do that, but Zach Wilson does a little bit more of, um, you know, scrambling to make the pass, which is great. But I, I do think that Justin Fields has the upside. I mean, in 2019, which was his best season, uh, he, uh, threw for, uh, over almost 3,300 yards, had 41 touchdowns and three interceptions, which is just incredibly awesome ratio. Uh, and he also rushed for 484 yards and 10 touchdowns. So, I mean, that's uh, that's that's really elite upside there. Um, hey, uh, just want to let you know, uh, Zach Wilson rushed for 10 touchdowns last year. Same exact amount. Right. No, I mean, and yeah, he he got a lot of goal line stuff, but I mean, he did a lot less. I don't think he had five almost 500 yards rushing, did he? He had 254. And yeah, right. he's so not he the rusher fields. Half is. of the yards. So yeah, I understand. My point is though that like as far as a fantasy perspective, this is he is a lot more potential. His if he fulfills his potential, he he could be rushing as much. Or you know, the top three guys we talked about: Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, uh, Lamar Jackson. All three of them, even Deshaun Watson. All of them. Uh, rushing is a really big part of their game. And I think that Justin Fields has that upside. Uh, that being said, um, you know, this is a, <laughs> this is a fantasy football dogs podcast and it just really hurts 
this could have been a Georgia quarterback and he was for a time and he uh, got completely not even misused. He just didn't get used. And of course there was a controversy and an embarrassment and this and that. And he left and played for Ohio state, but man, I really wish, really wish I was watching Georgia tape on this guy. Um, that being said, um, I, I still do root for him and kind of consider him a, a, a dog underneath it all. Um uh, but yeah, no, I mean, if you watch, I mean, he had some bad games. If you watch his Northwestern film, that was a really bad game. He had, uh, I think he threw zero inter touchdowns and two interceptions and they barely eked out that win. So, but one um, of those interceptions had, he, was he an incredible play by the cornerback for Northwestern. It was like a turning back, like catching it at the last second. So one of those intercepts and the right. other one was just the receiver and him were just not on the same page. Like the receiver ran up. Right, field. So right. Even those two interceptions in one of his worst games weren't like bad interceptions at right. all. And what I'll say that feeding into is the reason why that was a bad game. Um, he does have a tendency, and of course, this is the big knock on him that everybody has to to lock onto his first target. And also, sometimes he stands a little flat-footed in the pocket. Of course, he does have elite speed and can scramble. But uh, in that particular mm. game, he took a lot of sacks because of his uh, mm. his his lack of uh, you know staying on the balls of his feet, and being a little bit more ready to to dodge. So uh, those are things he can work on. But I just I don't think I mean we see a guy like uh, Kyler Murray be almost fantasy quarterback number one this year, and what did he do? He locked on to one target all year and rush rush the football. So I mean, uh, even if he can't fix this problem, which I think he can, it's not to say that it makes him fantasy irrelevant. I mean, the thing is, is it worked. He threw for, uh, you know, 22 touchdowns uh, in, in eight games uh, this season. I mean, uh, he he was a very effective quarterback. And if, if you have an open guy, if it's your first read, you throw it to him. I mean, it's not a – I don't think it's always such a knock. Um, that being said, some of his interceptions are trying to force it to his number one receiver, and I think that's where um, he needs to work on a little bit. But he ran a 4-4-40, which is – I mean, I, he's probably going to be reported that he ran a four, four, 40. Okay. No. I said this, I said the same thing about, about, uh, uh, Eric, uh, Stokes and you were like, Oh, what's your, what's your, they could, they have to record it. But now all of a sudden it's, but Eric, Sto- and even still Eric Stokes was like half like 0.05 off of what he reported. So like, I'm just well, saying like, until he does it where scouts can verify it, I'm, I don't think he's a four-four flat guy, personally. Well, well, he's going to be close whether whether he runs that um, or or not. I mean, you know, I think he is, but he, you know, uh, we'll we'll see what happens. But that being said, I think he's probably going to be the fastest quarterback in this draft class. Uh, there, the only rival would be maybe Trey Lance, but he didn't even run his forty times, so unfortunately, we we can't really know for sure there. But um, anyways, yeah, Micah, I think I can pass it to you now. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, one uh, last thing I will say about Justin Fields is he it really is supremely accurate. He's, I mean, he, he, he's not uh, quite as good as thrown into the tight windows, but he's really good at leading his receivers, uh, and uh, he makes some really good arch passes and really beautiful arch passes, and and I like to see that a lot. But uh, anyways, go ahead, Micah, get into uh, your number two here and break the tie for us. So I like just agree and disagree with the both of you at the same time. I have Zach Wilson as my number two, but it's like a razor thin like margin between him and Justin Fields. So Justin Fields will be my third, but I think it is extremely close, but I'll tell you why I'm going to have to go with Zach Wilson. I understand that he did not play a very tough schedule and play like great defenses. I understand that he also didn't have a lot of talent around him. 
and he produced like you expect somebody who's going to be an NFL quarterback would play in these bad conferences. That's why a lot of these guys who aren't in like big power five conferences, you know, end up not making it in the league because they like, they do good, but sometimes just don't like absolutely kill it game in and game out. And he did outside the coastal Carolina game, which was the best team they played. And they're not that bad of a team. And dude, he almost orchestrated a comeback late in that game. Like the fact that they even got into like a scoring position and the last play was like a yard short of the goal line. It was like, the Rams. Still crazy. Titans. Yeah. It was the Rams <laughs> it was exactly Super Bowl was. all over again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, to jump on the back of that, he made a great throw on that read. Like it was the right read. He delivered mm-hmm. a great bullet right over the middle to the post and, and uh, came up a yard short. But yeah. on that game, I went and watched through it. Like, it, it's kind of like the uh, – what is it? The TCU game uh, that Patrick Mahomes had where he's just pressured constantly and mm-hmm. there weren't many guys open. And, like, at a certain point, a quarterback can only do so much, even a guy like Mahomes uh, in college. So, um, yeah, and he – like, the one pick he had in that game was in the at the end of the second half where he just launched a Hail Mary into the end zone. So, the interception, yeah. I, no coach cares about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the concerns about that game are are a bit overblown, in my opinion. And like you said, like, the, the reads he makes and the plays that he makes, he has the arm talent to make any type of throw. He has an exceptional arm. And, and on the run. I, and right. on the run, too, yes. He reminds me – like, his, like, out-of-pocket presence reminds me of Mahomes in the way that he's really good at, like, staying on his feet and waiting until the last second until somebody's open. But he just has a cannon for an arm. And, like, yeah, dude, I just – oh, I love watching, like, his tape and watching him play. And one of the other games that really impressed me was when he beat the University of Tennessee – Back in 2019, he had a huge – dude, they shouldn't have won that game. He made a couple huge throws perfectly down the field in crunch time to get them down and beat the Volunteers. So, he, he's he got it, dude. He's it, got some type of, like, moxie, something to him. I mean, God, he looks like such a douchebag. I yeah, hate his I, face. I was going to say, on, on the uh, moxie thing, like, yeah. he, he runs me a little bit of that thing that Burrow and Baker have. Because, like, mm-hmm. this is a guy that took two girls to the high school prom. Like, <laughs> he does not give a fuck. That's not but, a good, especially, oh, like, the homework. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I but, you know, he, I think he's going to be a guy that people are going to love to hate for the next yep. 10, 15 years. But he's mm-hmm. going to be really good, and that's why people aren't going to like him. Yep, and what's funny, too, is your comparison to him, and it's why I have him above fields because of his ceiling. You said Aaron Rodgers. I had another Packers quarterback in mind. He reminds me of Brett Favre. He yeah. really does. Like, he, the way he can just sling it so quick, and he moves his body when he does it. Like, oh, man, he's just got to can't. He seems like he's going to make those risky throws. And like you said, he graded out better than Burrow did on tight contested catches. So he's going to be a risky motherfucker. And I just like as much as I like Justin Fields, just what I've seen from Zach Wilson, like, dude, he edges him out. And, dude, he's he's going to be good. But the one thing I will say on him, I really do think he's going to be good. I can completely see Zach Wilson not working out, though. I don't think it's a guarantee. I don't think his floor is very high. And that concerns me just a bit, but I just think it's not going to happen. He's going to be good. But there is the chance that he just, like, his douchebagginess, like, clouds over everything, and then he just becomes terrible. But I think he's going to be good. 
I, I, I agree with that a, a lot there. I think that Justin's Justin Fields' floor is a little bit higher, and I don't even think it's much higher, just a little bit higher. And I think that uh, maybe Zach Wilson's ceiling is higher than – well, as, as an NFL quarterback, but I do think Justin Fields' fantasy ceiling is higher. Um, that yeah. being said, it's so close for me personally that I was thinking about it. If one of these guys goes to the Jets and the other one goes to the Carolina Panthers – I'm going to like yeah. the one that goes to the Carolina well, Panthers more. And like, here's like a, our, our, our rankings after this can very much change really from guys two to four based on the landing spot for me, I think. Uh, do you guys agree with that? Or are you kind of just locked in no matter where they go? You think it's, it's, you're going to keep, keep them there. I think no matter where they go, because uh, another I, reason why I put Wilson above fields is I think Wilson will thrive in wherever he goes. And I think fields has to land at a decent spot. And that's what made me knock him to three is just because I do think Fields needs stuff around him. Exactly. Do you agree with that, Nathan? I, yeah, I, I think Fields is much more dependent on a team that fits his skill set than Wilson is. I think Wilson can thrive um, pretty much anywhere. All right. Well, let me uh, go ahead and uh, get into um, my number three here. Uh, and since both you guys have covered Zach Wilson, I'll go ahead and finish our uh, <laughs> coverage on him. And, yeah, you know, guys, I he's one of the most exciting – tapes i think maybe the most exciting tape i've watched of any rookie so far this year i mean it really is just electrifying um he and i don't think this is my comp necessarily but he does remind me watching his college tape of baker at oklahoma like the the, the kind of things that he does and the kind of plays that he makes that are just like there's one play against uh i think it was la tech um where he goes to hand off the ball to the running back, but the running back goes to the wrong side and then he's about to get sacked. He spins out the other way, about to get sacked the other way, spins out the other way. Basically he's running around for like fucking 14 seconds and then just makes a bomb 20 yards down the field on a, on a line. And it was, uh, you know, I was just like, dang man, like that really is the, it's very exciting and any team that gets them, it's going to be exciting to watch. There's going to be some really flashy plays. Um, the reason why I couldn't quite put him over fields for me, it did have something to do with the competition difference. And uh, you know, you guys mentioned the coastal Carolina game. Uh, it, and now look, he didn't, he was the only reason why they were even in that game. So I don't credit him for losing the game at all, but it was the only top 30 defense he played the entire year. And so, you know, it, to me, he's going to be playing Coastal Carolina's times 10 every single week. And I'm not sure that he's ready for that kind of speed coming at him. You mentioned, Nathan, that he was running around all game. If he doesn't have a solid line behind him to protect him, I really do think he's going to struggle. That being said, any quarterback would. This isn't specific to Zach Wilson. But, um, yeah, I, I think there's going to be a little bit of a speed and processing difference in the NFL compared uh, to some of the teams he was playing. Um, he also had a huge difference in his stats and performance, uh, his only elite year was really this past year compared to his first two years. Now, Nathan, you did mention he had an injury that had something to do with that, but, uh, his ratio, uh, in 2019 was 11 touchdowns and nine interceptions. So he wasn't even really on the, uh, on the draft boards because of that season and of course you mentioned he improved a lot had this fantastic season I just you know for me Fields was he from the time he was out of high school it was him and Trevor Lawrence were competing have been competing for that number one spot and he's been elite for so long that I've as if I was a GM now look Zach Wilson might get drafted first and if he did I wouldn't think that's insane but if I am a GM that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for sustained, proven talent. If I'm getting a, 
a franchise QB. And now look, Zach Wilson, I think he, he is a bit of a gamble, but I mean, he could pay off huge and I think he will. Um, but yeah, that, that's just some of the reasons why I'm a little bit more comfortable and why I say that the floor is a little bit higher for me than Zach Wilson. And I agree with you, Micah, that Zach Wilson has a little bit higher chance of, uh, being one of these quarterbacks that, that doesn't turn out for whatever reason it might be in my eyes. Um, real, real quick, who was your number one running back or not running back quarterback uh, going into last year? It was Burrow. Okay. How many years of elite college Wait. production did he have? Uh, he, he had one, but compared to the other guys, so that's did two. Like the really, without getting college injured. football but, season so for so, a quarterback ever. And to be, and what I'm saying is, compared to the other guys in that class, he it was the same. So of course, no. I, Herbert had like four years of that's very good well. Production. Herbert's senior year wasn't great production, so that's why a lot of people knocked him. Why I had him knocked to three. So I mean, you know, Kyler Murray had one year. I'm not saying that production. that makes it impossible, Nathan. I'm just saying that for me, I'm a little bit more trusting towards the person that 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 has done it for yeah. more than and, one year. Now and I'm with said, you, Josiah, on that is because it does worry me sometimes when there is one year production, but there are guys who have had the one year production and done well to where I know like it is possible, but I do understand why you're weary because when we get to like the later quarterbacks on this list, most of them like didn't have just a year or so of production. Right. Um, well, uh, let's, uh, I think um, since we've all covered Zach Wilson here, we can kind of get in where we take him. But Nathan, you made a trade today, buddy. So why don't you talk about the trade you made uh, for, for basically for Zach Wilson or for the draft pick that's going to be Zach Wilson? Yeah, I, I traded a quarterback to get him. I traded Jalen Hurts and a little bit of extra capital to get him. But um, yeah, I got the number one overall pick in the Debbie League and, and Zach Wilson is the top QB on the board. So he's likely going to be the pick. Um, I mean, Honestly, it's not super easy because Kyle Pitts is there as well, and that's super <laughs> tempting. Um, but you know, we'll we'll have to see. But it's probably going to have to be Wilson. Uh, I mean, that's how sure. I mean, Jalen Hurts is a starting quarterback for the foreseeable future for the Eagles. Who knows? And I, yeah, I mean, I think Zach Wilson is a much more sure thing than he is in the NFL. Um, but um, I, I think you just went over Wilson was your number three. Uh, do you want me to dive into, into um, our number yeah. three? Well, well, I'll tell you what, since we've all covered Wilson, just real quick, I just want to throw a couple of names at you guys. Um, uh, I think Russ has been a really good litmus test for us. Uh, so would you guys take <laughs> Russ or, or, or which Wilson would you take? Uh, Russell Wilson or, or Zach Wilson? <sighs> Russ. Okay. I, I would go with Russ. That's it would have to de kind of depend on how my team looked and what the age of my current quarterbacks look, but I'd probably go um, Zach. Okay. All right. So the fact that it's a little bit harder there. So what about, I'll throw a name that it was hard to decide with, uh, with Trevor. How about Dak? I'd take Dak. Yeah. I think, I think for me, that's where the line is. <sighs> I mean, those two are neck and neck for me. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I'm going to remain bullish and say Zach Wilson. I'm okay. very confident like in this okay. guy. Right. So it sounds like maybe for you, Nathan, he's going to round up around like seven or eight uh, in your rankings. And and maybe for us, it might be like 10 or something like that, 10 or 11. But yeah, either way, it looks like he, I mean, all, you can't go wrong with these top three picks. I think um, mm -hmm. it's it's real. These are going to be three quarterbacks for at least the next, you know, 
seven to 10 years, I think on, on a team that gets mm-hmm. them. So um, with that, let's go ahead and move on and talk about you guys as number three, which I hope is my number two, but that might not be the case. Let's see. Uh, why don't we start with you, Micah? Oh, I have the same guy that you had at number two, Mr. Justin Fields. Oh, Justin. Oh, I think he's going to be very good. But like I said with Zach Wilson, I can also see things not working out for Justin Fields. I think he needs like a good situation to go into. I don't think he needs to start day one. I think he needs to sit at least half the year, maybe a full season. But my God, like when I watch him, he's so talented. And I mean, obviously the one game everybody thinks about when you think about Justin Fields was the Clemson game this past year. And that game sold me so much on him for not even like his arm strength, but like when he just got decked in the back and you could tell he was Winston and hurt and he was fighting through it and played, it proved to me a lot. Like he's going to be a good teammate and I think going to lead a locker room really well. And I think that ruined a little bit of Georgia's locker room because I think a lot of people liked Fields and knew how good he was. And he never got the shot. And I think it hurt that team. And even like, you know, when he was at Georgia, he still played almost every game. I mean, didn't really get like meaningful playing time, but he had one game against UMass, the game where Andy Isabella destroyed us. But that was the game where he made some incredible throws, which zip on the ball over the middle. And I know it was UMass and it was not a very good defense, but that was the game where it first got me going like, man, this guy is everything he's hyped up to be. And he just went on. He led Ohio State to back-to-back playoffs appearances and won national title game. And he didn't play particularly well in that title game. But it also wasn't completely his fault. That team wasn't winning. That Bama team was one of the best that I've seen in a long time. Um, but when you actually get into how he plays, great arm. Just make He can make almost every throw that Zach Wilson can. I think Zach Wilson is like just a little bit better of a gunslinger than Justin, but dude, he can get that ball there. And like Josiah said, with his rushing ability, dude, he can just run and run and he can't like run over people. Cause I don't think he's that physical of a player, but he still reminds me of Cam Newton. The guy that Cam Newton came in the league and set the world on fire. And I don't think Justin Fields can do that, but they kind of remind me of the same, you know, sitting back in the pocket, like scramble when you need to, and then run first in the red zone. I can kind of see like a team building around them like that. So if he goes to the Panthers, it would essentially be them just getting a new Cam Newton. Um, but no, I think he's the third best quarterback in this draft class. I think there's a drop off after this. I think Trevor's by himself and then Zach Wilson and Justin Fields are in their little like, connection together and then it just goes off from here but i think these top three is like you i want to say you can't go wrong with them but odds are not all three are going to work out i think at this point two of these three guys are going to work out i'm pretty sure one of them is trevor so we'll see out of zach wilson and justin and maybe all three of them are going to be great but i just know that you can only have so many quarterbacks in the nfl and it's really hard to be a quarterback So odds are not every single one's going to pan out. Uh, Yeah. um, Justin Fields is my number three as well. I am separate from you in that I don't think there's a huge tear drop off after him. Um, It was actually pretty. Not like a huge drop off, but I think like there is a like gap. Yeah. I I still, for me, it was, you know, it took me a little while to decide um, between him and my number four guy, but. 
Um, number three for me is, is Justin Fields, just because of that rushing upside that he does have. Um, we're talking about fantasy here. So uh, he has elite athleticism. He's one of the highest rated athletes to ever come out of, uh, you know, the recruiting cycle in high school. Um, all the arm strength you can ask for, um, great mobility. Like Micah said, he, he doesn't have the power of Cam Newton. He doesn't have the size either, but he does have good power. Uh, and I would say he's faster than Cam. Uh, I, I do expect him to be like, you know, around a four or five guy. Um, so he's, he's got speed and uh, he uses it really well. And he's, he's got really good like contact balance and lo like loose hips and stuff. He, he kind of looks like a running back sometimes. Um, and like you said, showed really good toughness in that college football playoff game. Um, I am like of these three top three guys, if I was pick a guy to bust, it would be Fields mm -hmm. because to me, he does not come close to Zach Wilson when it comes to accuracy and processing defenses and, and throwing on the run, which would be very important for him with how much he likes to scramble. But um, he holds on to the ball far too long. I, I challenged with Micah to see if he could find one single curl route where uh, Fields throws it on time. And he, I, we have not found one yet. He Every single time he waits till the receiver not just turns around, but turns around and plants his feet. And that's that's a consistent theme with him is he doesn't anticipate throwing windows and opening gaps. He has to see the receiver open before he releases that football. And in the NFL, you have to anticipate. You have to see the opening gaps. You have to read the defense and – plan ahead because they're they're going to eat you alive if you do that and especially on curl routes like he could be the king of pick sixes if he does not speed that up at the next level um so i with that and he he has struggles with his accuracy and the consistency of it so a lot of his deep balls especially ones that are in tighter coverage are either overthrown or underthrown um, some of them are gorgeous and look like dimes and are dropped in a bucket um, but the consistency isn't what I would like to see. And he also seems to have a problem with overthrowing crossing and slant routes, like something about going over the middle sideways. Um, he, he was throwing high on a lot of balls and uh, to the RBs in the flat. So um, he just he has a lot more things to clean up, in my opinion. At this point, he's a better athlete than he is a quarterback. But I am with Micah in that my pro comp for him is Cam Newton because that's what I see his ceiling as. Um, I think he can be that guy, but I do think he has the bigger bust potential out of um, even my top four guys. Okay. Yeah. So, and you mentioned Nathan that you, you seem like there was the biggest break in tier. Me and Micah both said we thought it was pretty close between Wilson and Fields. Um, how far, like how far of a gap do you think that was, do, do you think that would be, I don't know how you would explain it, whether in quarterback ranking terms or just like, uh, you know, how, how much maybe in the draft pick, I'm right. Yeah. Where, where do you, yeah. Try yeah. to explain that the best you can. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess the best way I can explain it and we haven't finalized, I haven't finalized my personal combined rankings yet, but so I would have fields behind guys like um like Najee Harris and Kyle Pitts and um and you know probably Jamar Chase as well yeah. um but uh just because like I said I do think he has that bus potential and 
like, and I do think he's going to have success in the NFL, but I don't think he's going to be starting day one. Like he has a lot to catch up on and a lot to learn. He may get on the field some in packages, but I don't think he's going to be a starter day one. Um, so, and I do think Zach Wilson is going to walk on and be the starter the day he steps into the facility. So, so um, you, I'm sorry. Do you, do you think he's going to go to the Falcon or what team would he go to where he would, cause most of the teams that are going to be picking in that top five or where, where oh, they're going, they're going to need him to start day one, but yeah, yeah. Well, where um, do you see him going that like, or maybe where you think it would be a good spot? Maybe the Falcons, he could learn behind Matt Ryan for a year or two. Is that something you think would be good or uh, well, like, how do you how do you feel about that? Uh, um, I the Falcons wouldn't be bad. I think he would be a better fit for the Panthers, like y'all mentioned, and also like apparently the Patriots are very very interested in him, and um, I could see them trading up and making a move and him learning behind the guy we've comped him to. So, um, so yeah, I, I I expect some moves to be made. Like I firmly believe that one and two is going to be set in the draft. Now they may surprise the Jets may surprise and take Fields, but I think it's going to be Lawrence and Wilson, and then after that, I gonna I think it's going to be a trade fest. Okay. Um, so mm-hmm. I think someone is going to trade up and get their man. So it the team he goes but, to could very much vary. Okay. And I think like most of the teams he has the best chance to go to have a quarterback for him to sit behind. I think New mm-hmm. England can trade up. He can sit behind Cam. Football team can trade up. He can sit behind Fitzpatrick. Um, honestly, even with the Panthers, like, he can sit behind Teddy Bridgewater for like half the season. Like I just think he needs yeah. at least half a year. And I think Teddy would be a decent guy unless he gets hurt like week three and then Fields gets in. And I don't know how high the Lions might have him ranked, but I don't think they're expecting Fields to fall to seven. They might pull the trigger there and have him learn yeah, behind golf. Yeah, he's behind golf. So yeah. I could, I, I, could uh, I could see that. I mean, I do think most of the teams, at least that are up there now, he might have to start right away. But uh, like, if he does go to the Panthers, if he does go to the Jets, but um, but we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, it's going to have to do with landing spot. And like I said, for me, that could shake things up and. Maybe Wilson will be above fields after the landing spots are clear. But um, but anyways, uh, with that, we can move on to number four. And uh, I think I'd like to hop on here because this is uh, my number four here is kind of my guy, uh, Trey Lance. And, man, I really wanted to put him above Zach Wilson. And I had him above Zach Wilson for a long time. But watching the tape on Zach Wilson, I just couldn't deny. But part of the problem is there's not a lot of tape to watch with Trey Lance. He has about a season and, like, four games of college production. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just, um, it's, it's, it's a little rough, uh, as far as, and he sat out, I mean, uh, he didn't sit out, but his team didn't, didn't really play last year. So, uh, it's, it's a little rough as far as uh, projecting, but the 2019 season that we do have of him a full season, uh, 2,800 yards, 28 touchdowns. He threw zero interceptions. That is crazy, people. He threw zero interceptions and had zero fumbles. So he did not turn over the ball. On top of that, he had 19 touchdowns and 1,100 yards running. That is just bonkers. That is – and I know he's playing at North Dakota State. North Dakota State's not that good, and they play trash teams and all that. Or they are actually that good, but they play in, you know, the lower division. But, man, I mean, he just dominates them, and he – I mean – rushes through them he uh, he's a speedy guy but he also just breaks tackles and busts through them uh he has great accuracy like i said he makes great decisions he didn't throw an interception his entire 2019 season um he did throw one in the one game that he played in 2020 but uh, that is his only career college interception and uh 
you know, if you're going to play in the, in the lower league, you want to, you want to see complete domination. And, and that's what he did. In my opinion, I think he has, if on a fantasy perspective, really the highest upside, uh, like that, I don't hear what I'm not saying. Of course, the first three guys are probably going to be, uh, more steady quarterbacks. And I think Trey Lance might, will definitely have to learn for a year, but, uh, I mean, seriously, nobody else is rushing for over a thousand yards ever in, in, in their career. I, I mean, none of these other guys have that potential. And this guy really does have that Lamar Jackson game breaking Russian pass uh, like level skill. I mean, he does. Uh, and will he have it in the NFL? I'm not sure. But as a prospect that that I mean, eleven hundred yards and 19 touchdowns rushing is 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 bonkers in uh, 16 games. Right, right. And that's the same amount of games that will be. I I know that's in more than – I understand that. But what I'm saying is, okay, if you cut that to a 12-game pace, it would still be bonkers. It would still be – Because he's getting 20 or 30 rushes a game. I know, and that's not going to happen in the NFL. But the fact that he can do that – I mean, look, he was recruited to big colleges as a safety. They wanted him to play safety. And he said, no, the reason why he went to North Dakota State is because he wanted to play quarterback. And rightfully so. He is a great quarterback. And, 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 you know, like, look, he has the highest bust potential. He's only 20 years old. So, I mean, he's only had one year of production. He's not going to step in right away and be a superstar. I'm not projecting that. But when once he gets his feet under him, once he is ready to play, I'm telling you, uh, he really has tremendous upside. Uh, but he's at number four because all the other guys have much more certainty. Um, you know, uh, they uh, – they played in on much better teams and, and they have a lot more to, for me to go off of. And they didn't sit out last year. So um, it's a little bit easy to project, but I think I'm probably the high guy on Trey Lance. I had some head shakes from Nathan. Uh, so who, who's your number four? And, uh, and why don't you talk about, talk about him? Yeah, not that guy. And we'll, we'll get to Trey Lance later. Uh, believe me, but uh, number four for me is um, pretty clearly Mac Jones. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, this guy had an absolute amazing year and you can talk about all the weapons and everything he had, but uh, yeah, I mean, so did Joe Burrow at LSU. Uh, so did Kyler Murray when he was at uh, Oklahoma. So um, yeah, a bunch of, and so does, I mean, look, and this is the thing, Justin Fields, and this is the thing with Justin Fields and Wilson, not to harp on too much, but Justin Fields plays again at a college where they out recruit, the normal opponents he plays by a massive margin. BYU is like third best in on the schedule as far as recruiting and getting talent goes. They're not even the top team. Um, so Justin Fields is a huge talent advantage. I mean, he's throwing to Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. Hey, uh, sorry, can you? Are you saying third best among these prospects or third best in their division? Sorry. Third. No, in, I'm saying they are BYU is third best on average in recruiting and getting talent in like of the teams that they play in their schedule. Oh, like okay. they're they're not even the top yeah. team. Ohio State is far and away the most talented team in their conference. Okay, I understand. So, um, so yeah, I think Fields has a huge talent advantage when he plays. But, um, but yeah, I mean, so people could say that about Mac Jones, but he was playing in the SEC again in the toughest division in the SEC. Um, and and making it look easy and look he was better than Tua was and he had half the first round receivers I mean Tua was playing with four first round guys mm-hmm. and uh, now Judy and Ruggs are gone so um, yeah he he made it work uh, with even less talent but it was still a ton he only threw four interceptions the whole year um, yeah I mean 
he's well loved by all his teammates and coaches. Uh, but beyond that, going to the straight physicals, um, he's a, an advanced quarterback in his understanding of an offense and how to dissect a defense. He's very polished and going through his progressions. He's very good in moving around in the pocket. Don't get me wrong. He is a pure pocket passer. Um, he is not going to run around and gain you many rushing yards, but he knows how to be in the pocket very well. Um, but, and he is not a game manager by any means. He loves to throw deep. Like the deep ball is the best part of his game. Uh, he may have the best deep ball of anyone in the draft, honestly. It rivals Lawrence. Um, but And part of that is because he has great anticipation on his throws. You know, He sees the opening window. He sees when a guy is about to streak on, and he just cuts it loose and hits him in stride. It's not underthrown, not overthrown, but right where it needs to be, where the receiver can get yards after a uh, catch. And uh, I love that about the way he plays, and he's consistent with that in his other throws as well. He has very good ball placement. Um, so yeah, exceptional accuracy is his biggest strength, uh, weaknesses would be, he doesn't have the strongest arm in the world. And I saw a few throws that took too much time to get there. Um, and I had a few concerns about it, but, uh, like I told these guys, I went and watched the old miss tape and he, he launched some straight bullets in that one. And, um, I, I think he just has a tendency of putting a little too much air under the ball and trying to make it look too pretty and a nice little rainbow, uh, and sometimes he just needs to cut loose a little bit more and, um, you know, just hit the window a little faster. So it uh, doesn't have elite arm strength, but I think he has average NFL arm strength and plenty to get get the job done. So um, pro comp for him, for me, would be Phillip Rivers. Um, that's kind of where I see him. I and uh, I, I think he's I think he's a really safe prospect. Um, you know, I if you give him, especially if you give him decent protection, um, you know, I don't even think he needs elite receivers. It helps, but he's going to dissect defense as well. Um, so, and we saw him, he killed it at the senior bowl, even throwing to guys that aren't his normal elite guys. He killed it and was one of the best quarterbacks out there, if not the best. So, um, so yeah, he, he's the number four for me. Well, Micah, why don't you break the tie for us once again, bud, and uh, tell us who you have at your number four. So I do have Mac Jones at number four as well. <laughs> okay, but there's a like razor thin line between him and my number five guy. So I don't have Mac Jones by far and away. I This was a very difficult decision for me to make on the fourth or fifth quarterback. But I'm going with Mac Jones because you know why I'm going with Mac Jones? When I watch him play, I go through everything, thinking of the way he's going to have to be in the NFL and whatnot. He's Matt Ryan. He is literally Matt Ryan. That is just like when I'm watching him play and what he's going to have to be built around, like that's who he's going to be. And I just think the problem with that is I think the league's really moving towards you need someone at least somewhat like a little – you can get, be getting away with like the Matt Ryans and Tom Brady's and Drew Brees's. I have some feeling that you're going to need a guy who's going to have to be at least a little bit more athletic and more mobile than that. And I, I think that's where the game might be heading. So if he could be like um, Greg Monroe. He used to be a great power forward in the NBA. And he was good. And then right when it came to everyone started shooting the three-pointer and he just completely got phased out. And I'm scared that could happen with Mac Jones. He could be really good for like a few years. And then like he just can't keep going. You know what I mean? It's – it's just something say, that worries I mean, you me. Know, Justin Herbert doesn't give you much rushing upside. But I think he's like, he, but he's like, here's the thing. Justin Herbert's a little bit faster than Mac Jones, 
and a little bit more athletic. And I think you have to be like at a floor of what Justin Herbert is. And I think that Mac Jones is just like a step behind that. And that's the only thing that concerns me with him. And I could be wrong. And the game doesn't phase him out the way I think it will in the next few years. But just like the way you describe him, Nathan, you hit on everything I want to say about him. His deep ball is so good. And that's the main thing. Waddle got out after the Georgia game and he still killed it. And then he just like came up and showed. And I know the talent around him is great. And there's no denying that. Mm-hmm. But he, dude, he outplayed Tua, and everyone thought Tua was going to do this whole great thing. And I, dude, you know my thoughts on Tua. Thank for Tua. Yeah, and so I just think he has a really good floor, and because of just the way he plays in the locker room, present he's just some goofy white dude who just seems like he's going to. Yeah, show they call up him the Joker. Like, yeah. His nickname is the Joker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So real quick, Nathan, just to speak to that. Justin Herbert comparison. Um, Justin Herbert had 55 rushes for 235 yards and five touchdowns. Now, maybe he's not going to have that five touchdowns every year, but I mean, Mac I mean, Jones is upside. He had 35. Yeah, Mac for Jones had 35 rushing attempts. Yeah, for 114, which is like three yards average and one. Yeah, touchdown. he's not. And if you watch so his he's, film, he's, he's not going... fast. He's not. He can't. I mean, so he's scrambling for first downs, but I'm just saying that Justin Herbert is much more. There's a much higher rushing upside, and he's much more athletic than. than I won't say much, but um, he is better at it. But yeah, I mean, look who won the Super Bowl. Tom Brady won the Super Bowl. Look at oh, yeah. Matt. Matt oh, Stafford yeah. is about to be a QB one mm-hmm. for us this next year, and he doesn't run. And I feel like um, that's part of the, I guess, argument here is like if you're talking about overall quarterback for a franchise or something. But from from me, uh, do we all do? We all did number four, right? so for me number mac jones is number five for me because uh just i i agree with your analysis actually nathan a lot of things you said and, and especially with the comp to philip rivers but i think philip rivers is my is my ceiling comp for him my floor comp for him is somebody like garoppolo or uh the washington football team's kirk cousins not the not the vikings kirk cousins and so i think uh, now look, are those starting quarterbacks in the league, and do they get the job done? Absolutely. But if I'm if I'm getting my you know fantasy rookie quarterback, I just feel like the floor is a little bit as a lot lower than the other the first four guys in my rankings. And again, I think Lance it's it's the difference between floor and ceiling basically. And Lance, look, he's here's the thing: is Mac Jones I think might start right away. Um, it depends landing spots going to matter, but so if you need somebody to start right away, I can see maybe Mac Jones being the pick, but for me, the upside with Trey Lance is just so much higher than Mac Jones that, that I had to, had to put him above. But uh, that being said, Mac Jones did have an, I mean, he threw 41 touchdowns. That's, that's a 4,500 yards. Um, he did have some of the most elite options, but I mean, that's the, that was the case for Tua and every other, you know, Alabama quarterback. So, uh, you know, I can't, can't blame him for that. Um, Nathan did mention he doesn't have elite arm strength. There's not a lot of zip on anything past like an intermediate pass. And I do worry about that because if you're just a pocket passer, you kind of have to have that ability in the NFL to, to, to be, I mean, you know, especially in fantasy to have any kind of elite upside or else you're just getting like an Alex Smith guy and not to say that that's not a startable quarterback, but for me, uh, I worry that that's what he could turn into. And, Do you think um, he has less arm strength than Philip Rivers does? Uh, no, actually, I think Philip Rivers actually didn't have extremely, extremely elite, elite uh, arm strength, and he made it work. Because, and yeah, that's why uh, Philip Rivers is a great comp. Um, that being said, I think there's more. 
there's a lot more it's a lot more common that pocket passers without elite arm strength don't work out than than do uh but that being said mac jones look he's a great leader he's clearly liked like you said he prepares really well i've heard stories uh, you talked uh, on the watching their pro day of him like having binders and studying up and making the offensive playbook when he was in high school and things. And I mean, that's the kind of stuff you definitely want to see from a guy like that. Um, he does just look really clunky when he tries to run and he'll get the first down sometimes. Like I said, he averaged 3.1 yards a carry. I mean, uh, he's just, he's, he's, dude, he's and his body looks like a freaking eighth grader, dude. Like I, I will say he has no definition in his arms or anything. And yeah. I, and, and I'm not saying he's going to end up being this at all, but he, he reminds me a little bit of what Tom Brady looked like when he showed up to the draft or the combine <laughs> yeah. when he just had no definition, off? no anything. Right. Yeah. I mean, so mm. maybe, maybe he can pack on a little bit more muscle and strength and get a little more torque on the ball at the next level, but we'll have to see. I do think he's a little more landing spot dependent though, because like you said, I mm-hmm. think he needs a line. He needs an offensive line for sure. And uh, you know, I'm, it's like you mentioned, maybe he can do it without elite pass catching options, but we haven't seen it. So I don't know that I can project if he doesn't have, you know, super elite pass catching options that I'm going to be super excited about his landing spot. But if he does land with somewhere like the 49ers or uh, even the Patriots, I mean, I don't think the Panthers, the Panthers really like him. Panthers. Yeah. Okay. If that happened, I I think the Panthers personally, I don't know if y'all agree with this, but are the best fantasy landing spot right away for a quarterback. Just because you got McCaffrey, DJ Moore, well, Robbie Anderson. And it would be perfect for him because, like you said, he he doesn't take off and run a ton. But what he does do is like, all right, first, second guy's not open. Third guy might not be open. But he always is like checking down to either receiver or a lot of times Najee Harris. And he's really good about seeing the check down option before it's too late. Christian so McCaffrey. like having a guy like McCaffrey would just be gold for him because that that alleviates some of that like lack of mobility because like all right i'm not gonna run i'm just gonna dump it to a guy that can run better than anybody um yeah great point and we see that a lot of mobile quarterbacks don't throw their running backs as a mm-hmm. as a reverse to that to that idea but yeah absolutely i agree and i mean imagine if philip rivers would have had mccaffrey you know mm-hmm. mccaffrey would have had 140 receptions yeah. a year he, he makes everyone look better <laughs> Right. So anyways, uh, that's, that's my spiel on Mac Jones. I do like him. I just worry about the upside pick. Now, look, if you need a quarterback and you're in the late, for me, he's going to be in the late first round uh, where I'm probably going to end up raking him. But uh, you know, if you need a quarterback, he'll probably start. And uh, you know, if you have a solid Kirk cousins guy for a couple of years, I mean, that's, there's nothing to be sad about as long as he's your quarterback too. Don't be, don't draft him if you're planning on him being your quarterback one, because I don't think that's a safe bet. Um, anything else or yeah, actually, sorry, go ahead. And, uh, Michael, why don't you get into your, uh, number, number five. So, like I said, the difference between four and five is just, is very close. And that's just cause I don't think Matt Jones ceiling is very high, but my fifth guy, his ceiling is very high. And that is Trey Lance. Oh, Trey, what to make of you? Because he's got just everything you like want physically, like, <laughs> He's a great runner. He just bulldozes over people. He's got a great arm. And, like, when you watch – like, I watched his pro day, and when he's getting to guys on the outside, that ball doesn't get super high when he's throwing it deep. It is almost a straight line. I really, really like that. And he has good footwork for a guy that I think has really just been working on it. I think that's all he's kind of done, like, this past year. Instead of, like, playing games, he's just been working on, like, his mechanics. And I think that was might end up being good for him. 
and dude he could oh my god so just watching him and everything about him it's exactly what we were doing with josh allen a few years ago he was a guy from a smaller school that no one was super sure about it was like can be really good and just seeing the way he runs and his arm it, it just is practically josh allen 2.0 the only and, difference, the, sorry to interrupt. The only difference I'll add is he's actually already accurate where Josh Allen was. <laughs> Josh Allen was so uh, bad. His, his completion percentage would say otherwise. And uh, Josh Allen had over 1,300 attempts before he left college. Lance has 300. Right, 315. You're yeah. right. But he had a 67% passing completion, which is, I mean, uh, higher than everybody except Mac Jones. And Look at his depth of target. Right. No, I mean, look, he's, he's, you got to build a fence specific around him. And, and, and that's why I kind of, it's not think he's going to be Lamar Jackson, but it, yeah, Lamar Jackson's receivers aren't the guys you want, but you want Lamar Jackson. You know what I mean? So that's anyways, go back, go back, Mike. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Like when I'm saying him trying to be like Josh Allen, it's also too like Josh Allen, like he, he wasn't MVP this past year but he was like in the Kansas city for it. And he really like started bringing the bills along, you know, they got the second seed, won a playoff game. I could see Trey Lance, like having that ceiling of a guy who's maybe not MVP level, like to win it, but can be in the discussion and lead a team. And that's the ceiling though, but his floor is low. I think he could just come out and bust. I've seen it in the NBA so often where guys just come and have all the physical tools and they're like, I'm going to coach him and he's going to be great. And then he ends up not doing that. And I just – if he would have played this year and I could have saw in, like, another year what he did the year before, maybe I would have, like, more faith that he will for sure do it. But I just think he has, like, all the tools to do it, and that's why I'm going to have him so close to Mac Jones, even though I think Mac Jones is more of a sure thing. And I just think Trey Lance's ceiling is so high. Mm. <laughs> He's a very high ceiling. So we'll see what happens with him. I think he needs to go to – well, really, at this point, you have to, like, go to a good situation. I think we've kind of reached the point where the talent level is you can't just go anywhere and, stri- and like, thrive and be great. So, Trey Lance ends up in a good opportunity, sits a little bit, maybe get some play time, you know. Well, I don't know. It's just mm-hmm. that he's either going to bust or he's going to be great, and we're just going to have to wait and see where he ends up and how he plays. All right, Nathan, go ahead and get into your number five guy, man. Uh, yeah, so my number five guy is Kellen Mond out of Texas A&M. <laughs> Heck yeah. This guy, um, hey, I'm not the only one. Chris Sims also has a number three ahead of Fields, which I wouldn't do, but has him ahead of Jones as well. A lot of well. crazy takes on that, but, you know, that's okay. Hey, look at his history. Um, but, yeah, on, on Kellen Mond, man, the reason he's up here is because he has – every tool you need to be an NFL quarterback. I mean, he has fantastic arm strength, like, and not only that, but he generates a bunch of torque and power in a very short amount of time and space. I mean, guys can be like diving at his feet and he cannot be moving a whole lot. And he still zips the ball out and gets it in between two guys. Like the amount of tight windows this guy threw into in this last year was unreal. Like, some of them he shouldn't have been able to make, and a lot of guys can't make them, but he was just cutting it loose. Um, yeah, I mean, he has really good pocket presence. He delivers 
accurate balls under pressure, like I mentioned, um, doesn't require much room to launch a ball. Uh, he, in the bowl game against UNC, he was getting pressured constantly and handled it very well. Um, more accurate than I expected. Um, obviously not on the same level as our top guys. Um, but, and he also had good mobility and I, I actually wish he would use it more because one of my weaknesses on him is indecisiveness. Um, he, he tends to, there are times when he should clearly just take off and run with the ball, especially with his level of athleticism, but he tries to hold on or does like a little pump fake uh, that doesn't lead to anything. Um, or like there are times when he's even making a passing play and he's just a little indecisive on who he wants to get the ball to. So some of those delays cause him to throw into tighter windows than necessary. Um, but he's had the arm strength to pull it off. And if he can, you know, uh, fix his timing a little bit, it could go a long way. Um, he's also a bit on the lighter side as a quarterback prospect. Um, he's not you know, super skinny, but he's like 207 pounds, I believe. Um, Yep, 205 pounds he weighed in at. So, uh, but yeah, he, he's a very quick runner and um, yeah, his, his film was really good. Uh, my pro comp for him is Dak Prescott. I mean, he, he reminds me a lot of watching Dak. Um, so he, he could be kind of like the secret gem in this draft. So, so just to clear this up, you're, you're a GM on the clock and, you know, first round, second, or like, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Trey Lance is a projected top 10 pick, whereas I guess Kyle, uh, Kellen is probably more projected to the third or fourth round. Are you saying you would actually draft Kellen before Trey Lance if you're the GM or, or what is that? Is that what this ranking means? I'm just trying to clarify that. Yeah. Yeah. I would okay. draft him over Trey Lance. All right. That's, that's, yeah. that's um, a really bold we'll, take, but I mean, I'm glad we'll, we got mine in we'll get to Trey Lance. To me, Trey Lance is a day three pick. Wow. Well, that's definitely well, not going to happen, but. Right. Oh, it's not going to happen. Um, right. But that's what he is to me. So wow. we'll get to him. But yeah, Kellen Mond is um, my clear number five. Yeah, I think that's probably the boldest take we probably have on, on the. I was kind of disappointed in my rankings because I felt <laughs> like they were too vanilla. So I am glad we got some <laughs> some spice there. Spice. But, uh, but yeah, for sure. Uh, that. I think that's all of our number fives, correct? I think we can yep. move on to number six. And uh, I guess I'll piggyback onto that because I have Calamond as my number six as well. It was actually close for me between my number six and seven. Uh, it's kind of the similar argument between Mac Jones and Calamond. It was kind of an upside versus floor argument for me. And uh, But no, I do like the, 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 the comp you had to Dak Prescott, and I think it could be similar in that I think he has the best chance to – be around three round four pick and potentially turn into something uh, much like Dak Prescott did after a year or two sitting behind Tony Romo. Um, I thought last year, I thought he was going to be like the third best quarterback option uh, going into the last season. I kind of thought he would be up here in these elite options. It didn't turn out that way. It's not that he had a bad season, but he only threw 19 touchdowns, 2,200 yards. Now, of course, this was an all SEC schedule. He didn't have anybody to throw 400 yards against like they always have uh, playing these, you know, cow polys and everything like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, he did drop off uh, production uh, on a per game basis from his uh, junior to senior year. So it's a little bit worrisome to some people. Uh, he does have great athleticism, but he doesn't use it as much. And he does just kind of sit in the pocket a lot, like for a long time. It's kind of the Justin Fields uh, argument for some people, but to to a more extreme, in my opinion. Um, uh, but that being said, he does have the, the the strength and the accuracy and the athleticism to be an NFL quarterback. 
Um, I just don't, you know, I think there's a 40 to 50% chance uh, that, that he's going to be a starter someday. I don't think it's at all a sure thing. So, um, you know, for me, he's a, he's a, in, in, in dynasty drafts, he's a round three, round four pick. Uh, there's definitely a big drop off between the top uh, four guys for me and, uh, or I'm sorry, five guys for me and Kellen Mond. Uh, but he does have a chance and I, I would be willing to pull a trigger on a maybe late third round. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think he's, he's the last guy in here that I'm like have somewhat uh, a lot of excitement about, or I won't say a lot, but I have some solid excitement about, um, but yeah. What about you, Micah? Who is, who's your number, number six? Let's continue this little train of Kellen Munn. Cause he's my number six guy, dude. He, I see, I have Mac Jones and like Trey Lance, like pretty close to each other. I don't know which way to go. But I agree with you, Josiah, where Kellen Mond is like the last of the options of quarterbacks who are going to be possibly good in this draft. Because I think it's pretty much Trevor's going to be good. One of Zach Wilson and Fields will be good. And I think one of these three guys is going to turn out being good. That's what happens. All these quarterbacks can't end up being great. So I have a chance that three of them are. And I think Mond can. He's not too far off from Trey Lance and Mac Jones. Dude, he like – I know his stats like don't look that great compared to last year but it was also because it was in less games but like he came back and did everything you wanted him to like build on most of his problem was throwing the ball and being hesitant dude he threw in such tight windows he's finally starting to look like he's getting over and he's showing progression and that's what i like to see you know when i'm seeing like possibly like the same exact thing for like three years straight that can be concerning but kellen always seems to be like thoroughly improving just a little bit and I really like love seeing that in a player because he actually wants to get better. And yeah, he... I... yeah. sorry, Mike, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just wanted to agree on the progression thing because, like, I think it was the third game of the year was against Alabama, and he looked decent there, and he definitely made some wow throws. But like, compare that to how he looked against North Carolina in the Orange Bowl. Um, yeah, I mean, he he looked much better, much more progressed, much more comfortable in the pocket. Um, so yeah, I, I, he definitely improved a lot throughout this last year to me. Um, so I agree with you there. And one thing I'll say in his defense is, uh, more so than any of the quarterbacks, I think we're going to talk about, um, he was outclassed. He didn't have a lot around him and he was playing teams that were better than him a lot, especially last season. So there, the, the one, you have to kind of give them the benefit of the doubt there, in my opinion. The, the one thing I will say is he had a good offensive line. I think they allowed like four sacks all season until that bowl game. And then he was running for his life. Um, so they had a good offensive line, but compared to like the weapons, these other guys have had, uh, you're, you're right. Just, I, it's not even close to me. Right. So, so, you know, you have to take that into account. Um, now Nathan, since we've all talked about him and you, you're the highest on him clearly, uh, where do you see him go? I mean, do you think he's a second round guy? I mean, do you, do, I mean, do you think he's somebody, I mean, that you can draft right away? I mean, what exactly, where, where, where are you at as far as the NFL draft value? Yeah. I mean, in, in the real NFL draft, I think he's worth a late first, early second, in my opinion. Um, okay. Just, I do think he has that upside where he has all the tools to be a good NFL starter. Um, so, and that's really what you're drafting at that spot. So, um, yeah, I mean, I won't be surprised if he's in the second round, but if he drops any further than that, I will kind of be surprised because I think they're going to start seeing on film or have already seen on film what, what we've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I th yeah, that's, uh, uh yeah, I, I'll, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. I mean, it, he really could go anywhere from the first to the, 
fourth round, I think. I mean, it's a very quarterback uh, needy year. So I, you know, mm. I could see mm-hmm. him going sooner than even in other years past. But in last year, we saw Jalen Hurts, who was projected to go in the fourth round and go in the second. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and I think uh, to answer the other part of your question, I think he is probably going to be a developmental guy in that. I think he could see the field, you know, maybe about as soon as Justin Fields, maybe a year of sitting, um, but two years max. And um, if, if he's going to do it, I think, you know, it would take maybe two years and he'd be ready. Okay. Well, All right. Yeah. And here's yeah. another thing that's going to happen with him is that I fully expect these first five guys to go within the first 12 picks of the draft. Mm-hmm. Like half of those picks or almost half of those picks are going to be quarterbacks somebody is going to take Kellen Munn at some point in the first round after that. Wow. Even if it's like trading into the late to get – because, dude, they're going to want that fifth-year option so bad. Mm -hmm. And it's a quarterback, and there's going to be – a because there's no way from like what I've seen from like him, I've also seen from Trey Lance and Mac Jones, that there's not a GM out there. It's like I'm not letting that guy fall out the first round. It's that with the Ravens. That's why they traded to 32 for Lamar because they're like, we're not letting that guy go out the first round. Pick Mm -hmm. 32 comes along, they're like, all right, we're trading for Lamar. Right. Yeah, I think that's going to happen with him. Y'all might be right. I don't think I'm going to project him to be a first round pick. Um, I think I'm going to project him late second, maybe, but I, I, you know, I might be way off there. And if I am, I'll, I'll eat my shit, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, you might be right. Maybe somebody's just like, fuck it. We really need a quarterback and this guy might be able to do it, but I think that might be for a GM to take a first round pick on him, especially if he didn't turn out, but uh, let me get into my player comparison for him. I think he reminds me of Steve McNair. The way his little hesitation always want to throw the ball and get out the pocket it reminds me a lot of McNair when okay. I see him play. So yeah. that's who I would have, like, as his ceiling, obviously. Right, right. All right, Nathan, well, why don't you get into your number six there? Uh, yeah, my number six is actually Davis Mills out of oh, Stanford. My. Oh, dude. my God. Dude, <laughs> this guy has good tape, man. And oh, he was man. the number one quarterback in his recruiting class, uh, number one overall. But unfortunately, you know, he was, he was ahead of two of all those guys. But unfortunately, he had two very bad knee injuries, and it messed up. Dude, I just told you that Trey Lance is going to be a day three guy, so you are going to have to accept that. Dude, um, might not even get oh, – okay, keep going. Uh, yeah, but, um, but yeah, Davis Mills, like he has all – and this is the reason he's up here. He has all the tools you need. Like he has the arm strength, he has the size. He's six four, two seventeen. There's the reason he was the number one uh, quarterback recruit. Everybody wanted this guy. He turned down offers from Alabama, OSU, everywhere. Um, so he has all the tools you need in the NFL. It's just a matter Stanford. of yeah. It, he is uh, he's a smart guy. Uh, Could have done better for his football career, but smart guy. Um, but yeah, as far as, like I said, he has all the tools you need, uh, has arm talents and the intelligence to go with it, obviously. Um, and the other thing I was really impressed with was his ball placement. Like he consistently puts the ball into tight windows and like something I focused on a lot with these guys is like, and something you need at the NFL level, you have to throw receiver friendly balls. Like if you throw a ball behind a guy, make him stop, make him fall to the ground. If you throw a corral late and don't let him turn up field for a big gain, like you're killing your team as far as the upside and the yardage they can get. So being able to throw wide receiver friendly balls and hit them on the run, this guy's very good at. 
Um, the big weakness for him is he's had like two big injuries and it's not allowed him to play a ton in the, in college, but um, you watch his film. There's a lot of wow throws. Uh, and he also crushed it at his pro day, apparently in the rain, um, barely threw a bad ball at all. So um, yeah, I, I don't put a ton of stock into it, but when you're throwing in the rain, it's a little more impressive, but so yeah, uh, Davis Mills, my number six guy. Wow. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, what are we at? Number seven. Um, yeah. So, uh, why don't I bounce it to you though, Micah, and, uh, let you give us number seven. Oh, number seven is a name that lives in blasphemy. Um, His name is Jamie Newman. I wonder. Oh, I hate how much I enjoy watching his games. I really do hate it because I remember like watching stuff of him whenever he transferred to Georgia and seeing what he did at Wake Forest and do PFF had him as one of the highest rated quarterbacks. And I remember watching it going, dude, this guy's really good. Dude, he has really good size and he's like six four two thirty. Like he's a big quarterback who can take hits and like, dude, he has good strides when he runs. There's just the parts of one. He only really played like a season and a half at Wake Forest. And two, I don't know if he opted out because of like COVID, if he was just happy with his draft position, if he got beat out by Stetson Bennett. I saw JT Daniels and started shaking in his boots. Yeah, I I don't know what happened with that, but it's either going to be he's going to end up sucking because that's why he ended up transferring out of Georgia or he just turns out amazing and it's just another what if for Georgia sports. So, and once we're getting to this point, like, I don't see any quarterback from this point on going in the first two rounds. Everybody's going to be date or around three or later. And, dude, I, I just like when you watch Jamie, he has really good ball placement. He didn't have a lot around him at Wake Forest. He even played really well against Clemson. Like, anytime, like, a team in the ACC does good against Brent Venables and them, like, I usually try to, like, be like, oh, look at that. Like, they're actually able to get the big dog. Right. So, I, you know – We'll go with Jamie Newman. I have a, <laughs> I have a pro comparison of him, and I think it's Derek Carr. I think he could be a like serviceable, good quarterback in a decent situation and not be half bad. And I think that's what Derek Carr is. That's what I could see Jamie Newman being like at his best. I don't think it's going to work out, but I could see that being his like best opportunity. Okay. Yeah um yeah uh, that's that's a definitely a name that you know and to be fair he opted out because of covid i mean you know there's people say maybe he was gonna get beat out by jt daniels but mm-hmm. um you know I, I if it really was a covid family issue i don't harbor any ill will whatever it was a scary time yeah. for all of us um and if he clearly made that decision knowing how much it would affect his future it was clearly a you know meant very important to him so or he was uh, getting beaten practice by Stetson Bennett and he had embarrassed himself and left <laughs> right right that's a possibility too and that's the thing that is we, we don't know like we don't like know a guy like Kenny Gainwell he opted out but he had like four mm-hmm. family members die of COVID yeah. before he opted out so right, right. um mm-hmm. yeah if it's you know it's something where he was really scared about the risk which is understandable um then right. yeah I, I don't blame him but it is frustrating that you know his film is very we much had a quarterback yeah I, mean, <laughs> yeah I think we have a hell of a quarterback now yeah it, it took him half the season to get there but yeah but all right with that i'll move into my number seven and uh for me i guess i'm the high guy on him i don't like it but uh, it's a uh, kyle trask man i mean you know mm-hmm. there's there's film 
and, and he has some good film, but there's also, you know, analytics and production. And when, when you look at this guy's production, I mean, this season was a monster season. I mean, halfway through the year, he was being considered as, as a Heisman candidate. I mean, he threw for over 4,000 yards in a shortened season and uh, he had 43 touchdowns. I mean, that's insane. Now he did have eight picks. It's a little more, but when you're throwing 43 to eight, that's a, I mean, that's, that's a fine ratio. Um, he also had 64 rushes for only 50 yards. So he, he had a negative one yard per carry. That being said, he did have uh, three touchdowns rushing. He's used as kind of a battering ram on the offense because the man's six, five and 240 pounds. He's a tank. And, you know, even when he's in the pocket, he can't move super well, but guys do try to hit him and just kind of slide off sometimes because he's a, he's a big boy. He's a big old boy. It's a kind of Ben Roethlisberger build. Um, he is very accurate on short and intermediate passes. He does. And to me, he reminds me a lot of Mac Jones. Um, it's just, he doesn't, the, the problem with the zip is even more extreme with, with, with Kyle Trask. He really doesn't have anywhere close to the elite arm talent that I think you need to be an absolute starter. And he doesn't have, he has even worse mobility than, uh, than than Mac Jones in the pocket. So the the problems that I have with Mac Jones are even more exacerbated with Kyle Trask. So um, that being said, I mean he he does have some uh, some upside. I think maybe he can learn and you know be a pocket quarterback. But I think he would be a low upside starter at best. Um, I kind of put like a Derek Card, Andy Dalton, Cam Newton type, uh, and obviously Cam Newton now, not Cam Newton in the past, but. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, I don't know if he has a lead upside, but he very well could work his way into a starting job, probably like as early as next year, but maybe in two years. Um, so I think he's the last guy that I could see possibly being a starting quarterback, but um, I'm not super high on him or anything. Um, yeah, that that's my take on Kyle Trask, my number seven. So why don't you cover your number seven, Nathan? Uh, yeah, I mean, you're not uh, not the only guy high on him or having him at this spot because I actually have him as at number seven as well. We agree on something. We agree. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, I I, I don't want to say it, but the guy had a good film. Um, it, the, the biggest concern we'll just get right out of the way now is, like Josiah said, you, you would think for a guy that's 6'5", 240, would have like this big cannon of an arm and, you know, all this velocity, but he does not. Um, there are a lot of throws, mm -hmm. especially to the outside, that take way too long to get there. Um, you know, I've seen some throws where he's able to put a little more zip on it, especially um, over the middle, but he, yeah, he, he struggles with arm strength, and that would be my biggest concern for him. Um, but he does put that size and strength to advantage at times, though, because, like, I can give a great example. Um, like, he has a really good ability to – pull through contact in the pocket and stay on his feet and then deliver a ball kind of like similar to Ben Roethlisberger does uh, just because of how big his frame is. Like I, I hate that it was against us, but against UGA this past year, um, middle of the first no, quarter, um, middle of the first quarter. I mean, he, <sighs> the, someone grabs his throwing hand and he pulls out of it and then delivers a strike on a uh, crossing route for a touchdown. So, um, yeah, that, that highlighted what he can bring to the field for me. Um, the other big point for him is uh, he has really good deep ball accuracy, like surprising amount of deep ball accuracy. He's a bit inconsistent in that area. Um, 
but uh, yeah, I mean, and especially on the back shoulder throw, like he has a really good back shoulder throw where he just throws it in a position where the corner has his back turned. He can't see what's going on and only the receiver is in a spot to snag it. Um, saw several of those when I was watching his film. So um, yeah, some impressive stuff, but as far as weaknesses go, uh, arm strength, uh, ball placement was inconsistent. Like his accuracy was inconsistent. Um, maybe that's mechanics he needs to clean up, but, um, but yeah, that and his decision-making needs developing. Um, there were several bad throws against UJ that could have cost them the game. Um, he, he doesn't always diagnose the correct receiver to throw to. And uh, when he does throw the ball, it's sometimes late. And again, it's, it's on curl routes. Um, that seems to be a theme with some of these guys, but he, he has got to speed up his timing on that. I mean, he had, um, like one or two uh, picks against UGA and then another that should have been a pick six that almost um, closed mm, up the game yep. that they had that they had in hand. Um, so, yeah, some good things on his film, but I agree that I, I don't see this guy being a starter. I think he could end up being like a very low end starter at some point. Um, but truthfully, I think he's going to be like maybe a good NFL backup. Um, and, and that's if his arm can can cut it at the next level. Yeah, and the last thing I will say about him is he was very dependent, particularly on Kyle Pitts, but also Pitts and Tony specifically. Mm -hmm. They accounted for almost 70% of his total production, which is mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah, both first-rounders. Uh, and, like, when you're throwing – like, Kyle Pitts is basically Kyle like Pitts throwing a Megatron. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, I mean, just watching college. Trask film, like, you can't help but watch it's Tony Pitts and film. Pitts film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Pitts is just – freaking mossing people all right. over the field Good. and now look we we said we weren't going to knock mac jones for having talent and i'm not either but the one game the bowl game which i do give him credit for coming and mm -hmm. playing mm -hmm. else did. but uh in the outback bowl it was a horrendous performance without tony and without Pitts. he uh i think he threw for 160 something yards uh, and 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 uh, two picks and zero touchdowns. So uh, it you was know bad. you you know you play bad when Oklahoma can beat you in a bowl game, right? Mm -hmm. So you. Uh, he did play bad. But the thing is, is the we're pretty proud of our defense at UGA. Uh, most of our secondary is getting drafted to the NFL this year. The man threw for 500 yards plus against us. So mm -hmm. I mean, um, it was pretty brutal to watch. So I mean, when you can do it to elite college defensive Top five defense it, it does yeah, it does I mean. give me some hope that he can do it to an nfl defense so um yeah with that uh is that all of our number seven we're ready to move on to yep. number eight why don't i yep. bounce it right back to you uh right back to you nathan and uh let you give uh number eight which Thank i hope you. uh yeah i have a feeling y'all are very worried about yeah. the name <laughs> you're gonna say next Fucking um at Bruce number Kelly. eight at number eight uh, yeah. Felipe Franks. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I, would I would quit. Yeah, yeah. I, I would quit too because yeah. all my credit credibility would be smashed. Um, dude, whenever I came across something that said Felipe Franks, I would just laugh and keep going. Yeah, dude. I was like, all right, Kyle Trask beat you out. I'm done. Um, yeah, so number eight for me is Trey Lance. Uh, don't worry, guys. He he is on the board here. Um yeah, I, I'm clearly the low guy on him, but let me explain why. Um, I, at first, I agree with y'all on some of his strengths. Uh, obviously, he has very good mobility. I am disappointed that he did not run the pro day, uh, run the 40 at his pro day, because, like, in, and he said uh, in defense of it, like, you know, I, they can judge off my film how fast I am and everything. But the problem is that is, like, 
and this is the thing you have to keep in mind when judging his power and like how he's running through people and the angles he's able to beat is he is playing against guys that wouldn't even be third string guys at UGA or Alabama. I mean, these are very low level athletes. So, and he's a big guy that can run well and he makes them look silly on a bunch of occasions. Um, Running is by far the best part of his game. So, uh, and I think he's likely going to be, you know, a four or five, maybe a four or six guy, um, but the dude can run. Um, and he, I think he has above average arm strength. I don't think it's elite as everyone says it is. Um, the Josh Allen comparisons I really have a problem with because like Josh Allen could do it and do it at a multiple of different angles. And like, it just looked different coming off his hand like to me the elite elite tier in the nfl is like patrick mahomes josh allen and then maybe stafford you know at his prime is up there with those guys but like there's a tier after that as far as arm strength goes to me um but i also think on film a couple of his throws look more like bullets than they actually are because he seemed to have a problem especially over the middle, throwing low. Like he would throw it kind of at the receiver's feet where they would have to dive to catch it or it would be an incompletion. Um, and so like, yeah, it, it never goes above his head because it's going to the receiver's feet. So on a couple of throws, I had to rewatch and just keep that in mind that it's not as high as it should be in the first place. But um, my, my biggest thing with him is, you know, everyone talks about how much he hasn't played the quarterback or not thrown as much like in, I think he's averaged less than 11 completions a game over his career. just not had very many attempts. And they were a team like North Dakota state. They are the perennial powerhouse in their like conference and everything. They are playing in the national title game in the FCS almost every year. Um, And what they love to do is run the football down team's throat. So he didn't have to pass very often because a lot of times he was running far more than throwing and the running backs were also getting the job done. So, um, so I understand based on the offense he was in, why he didn't have to pass as much, but when he did pass for me, it looked really bad. Um, his accuracy to me was a, a very big problem. Just he almost none of his balls. I mean, like there was a deep ball against Butler that was like a perfect dime dropped into a bucket um, touchdown. Very good. Most of his deep balls that I've seen are either way overthrown or underthrown more often, which is surprising given his arm strength. But like quite a few touchdowns and fields had this problem to an extent, but not nearly as bad. Um, like they would have been easy touchdowns had he just hit the receiver at the proper point, but the receiver has to stop, catch it. And by then the defender has caught up. And in the NFL, those gaps are going to be so much smaller that you're talking about way more interceptions. And everyone talks about how he didn't have any interceptions. Like you watch the FCS championship game uh, from 2019 against James Madison Um, that in particular was really bad for me. Like he had one throw that was literally directly to the linebacker and it just got tipped and landed in the receiver's hands and was a 20 yard gain. And that accounted for 30% of his passing yards on the entire game. Um, But he ran for 30 times. And, And this is kind of my point. He, he's an athlete or a very big like running back, but more an athlete playing quarterback and 
I don't think he has the arm talent from an accuracy level. And I understand like everyone said that about Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson had next level speed, next level vision in the open field where he put defenders where he wanted them. And he did it with less talent and against much, much tougher defenders. And he did it for multiple, multiple years in uh, college. He was a freaking Heisman winner. Um, so yeah, I, I don't like that comparison. I don't like the comparison to Josh Allen. I watched some of his film to see the comparison and Josh Allen was so much more better with his timing, so much more better going to second progression. Um, yeah, I, I know I'm rambling here, but I know y'all been waiting for it to hear why I have this guy as low as I do. Right. But um, Interesting yeah, stuff. Feel, feel free to chip in. And like, I, I'd love to go over his film with y'all, like a couple games mm -hmm. with y'all, but the accuracy to me just, is is nowhere close um well, to being and I'm, and I'm assuming you're talking specifically deep ball accuracy right no he, no everywhere no, I mean, so, so statistically i mean and i understand what what you're saying what you saw on mm. film but like statistically he had 67 percent completion yep. rating and and of course we talked about the zero interception so i mean but uh, but but look at his throws and how many of them are either behind or within five yards of the line of scrimmage. So much of them are designed quick throws to like the the obvious target, the one receiver he's going to. And then it's when because this is the thing they decided uh, from 2019 to 2020 that they were going to go to more of a passing offense. North Dakota State did. And he came out and threw the ball in the first game way more than he did in any other game. And he looked like crap doing it um right he, he was terrible he he was like he did not read a defense well and like i think he has a higher completion rate if you look at his completions they're either to wide open targets or to guys that are within five yards of the line of scrimmage like don't get me wrong he has some good balls a lot of quarterbacks do but yeah. there were throws that i was seeing that i was like okay i would expect a high school quarterback to be making that throw I'll say this, that their offense was not very conducive to the long ball. And you kind of touched on that. I mean, they, they, it was like a running gun and then they might take a shot once they had you set up, but um, you know, it, it was really designed on a lot of short, quicker passes. And we see some of that in the NFL too. I mean, Kyler Murray's offense, you know, so. Um, but and, it was, but it was mostly like a, 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 not to interrupt you, but it was mostly like an option offense. Um, and like, that's why the passing plays I think were opened up much easier because everyone came in on the run. Cause right. I mean, he, in, in that national championship game, he ran 30 times for like 150 yards. So. Right. Well, let me ask you one more question about him and then we'll move on. I uh, will stop, stop prodding you about your ranking of uh lance here but so do you recognize or i won't say recognize uh do you believe in i mean do you think there is the upside to make your ranking completely inaccurate here where where some nfl teams are obviously somebody's going to take them in the first round so do you do you see that franchise quarterback upside or do you are is your, is your ranking at eight you saying i don't think he's ever going to fill that that kind of yeah. I, I think he there's maybe like a five percent chance that that happens. Um, I like at minimum, I think he's going to need three years of development because he he's so raw as a quarterback. Well, he's, prospect. He started playing. Yeah, he broke out at age 18. So, you know, that that's yeah. something to take into account. He was very young. He's still the youngest uh, prospect in this class. So, I mean, um, yeah, I, I agree. It might take, and, I don't think, I think three years might be a little extreme, but I think a year would be good for him. Um, and, but and, obviously and we see it very differently. So, 
Yeah. And, and personally, like, I think it was a business decision, him sitting out the rest after that first game, sitting out the rest of the season, because they kept playing after that. Um, but like at the end of last year, Daniel Jeremiah said he was the number one quarterback over Trevor Lawrence, even. Wow. So he, he goes in the first game, he doesn't play well, he's going to be in a passing offense that his best skill set, what you know, at the moment is running like no matter what you think so if he like that's what was selling everybody on him and if he's asked to be in a pro style offense and read stuff i think he was going to have a much tougher season and like even if you believe in the skill set he has i believe if he played all the way through this year even the people believing in him would see him as maybe like a late first or, or second round guy um, but again, that's, this is all just my take, but, um, right. Right. And, and, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe that will change if he does go to a decent landing spot. Maybe not. We'll see. But, uh, anyways, Michael, why don't you go into your, uh, number eight here and, uh, we're only going to eight today. So these are going to be our last, uh, our last picks and we might throw in some, some last minute names, but go ahead and give us your last ranking, bud. I mean, I have Kyle Trask at number eight and I mean, Nathan, mm-hmm. I know you're down on, Trey Lance, but like, there's no way you could possibly be seeing Kyle Trask being a better quarterback than Trey Lance. It's just not gonna happen. Uh, he already is. Uh, okay, well, by a mile. Well, here's the thing: Kyle Trask, he's got the size, but he doesn't have the arm strength and the power that you want him to have. I don't really like see like a six five, two forty dude just coming out there, not zipping and diming it. He doesn't have like quick acceleration or velocity on the ball like on short yards that I want. And that's the thing. It's going to bug him on like out routes and post routes. And he's not going to have Kyle Pitts and them around I mean, him anymore. Yeah. And that's why he's number seven. But if you're asking me who I think has a better chance of being in the league in four or five years, I'm taking Trask over Lance. Okay. Well, teach their own, but we'll see what Trask does. I mean, I don't think he's good, like showed me anything like super duper spectacular. I just really do think that he's just like a byproduct of Kyle Pitts and Humar Tooney and everyone around him. And then I think a big red flag with him is the fact that this man went three years on a team with Dan Mullen and didn't transfer. Like, how could you be in a quarterback room learning an offense with Dan Mullen and not be like, I need to get out of here and go somewhere else? That's a huge red flag for me. Hey, you could so, argue if he uh, didn't stick it out. Uh, he wouldn't be in the offense he was this past year, and some people have him as a first-round quarterback. So, no, we'll see. I don't think he'll go in the first. I think he'll go yeah. third round. And let's be clear, and, like you know, I, I obviously think Trey Lance is going well before Trask and Davis Mills, and you know, several of these guys. But you know, if this this is how I view their talent level and everything. So, and the thing, like, I, I love his rushing ability, but even at the NFL level, even Lamar Jackson, like. Like you have to win from the pocket. You have to be able to win through the air. Like Deshaun Watson, he wins through the air. Russell Wilson, like Tyler Murray, even. Um, so like if you don't, if you if you're one dimensional, that's like the problem with Taysom Hill being a starter. And I personally think Hill's better, but um, you just you don't have that Hill's ability to make a defense. Taysom Hill, yeah. Taysom Hill's better than Lance. Yeah, Nathan, you're gonna regret saying that. <laughs> Okay. No, I mean, hey, I mean, uh, you're clearly off of them, and I respect your conviction and and being, I mean, oh, you know, so going, being able to move that much off of everybody else's projections. But uh, yeah, hey, I mean, they're, they're, they're clearly, I'm the high guy here, so I completely disagree. But yeah. uh, I, hey, that just gives me all the more reason to root for Lance. But but anyways, uh, was did you finish your 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 coverage? Yeah. On, so uh, on I Trash? just think I feel like Kyle Trash reminds me of Sam Darnold. 
I can see him like possibly being like a backup second string for maybe a little bit because I think that's where Darnold is headed. And maybe he'll get the opportunity to showcase what he can do somewhere at some point. But mm-hmm. that's kind of where I see his career trajectory is maybe just like a backup. Right. And, and he's another one who would need like really good receivers, good protection. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he, yeah, he's yeah, not yeah. going to do this... it by himself. He, he doesn't yeah. have the talent to do it by himself. Right. Um, yeah yeah well uh with that i'll uh hit my number eight guy here and uh we'll uh finish finish today's podcast and uh the guy that finally the 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 cracked my top eight it kind of was a tough decision between uh the two guys that you have both have ranked that i don't have ranked yet but um i did go jamie newman Um, i here's the thing watching his tape for me was not enjoyable and here's why because the Wake Forest offense was literally like every single pass he had it out of his hand in three seconds. Like I didn't have, it was really hard to really analyze how well he goes through his progressions because it was clear. It was run, 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 just boom, pass it real quick, you know? And so they had designed a play directly to a player and he knew where he was going before the ball snapped. Right. And I don't, I don't put that at Jamie Newman's feet. I put that at the feet of Wake Forest and the offense that they were running and the play calling was also very bad. Uh, So he wasn't able to be as productive as as he could have been. Obviously when we heard he was coming to Georgia, we were all very excited. We, all I think projected him to be the starter at some point during that, but we had a wild. I thought he was winning the Heisman. <laughs> we had a wild, we had a wild off season as dog as as a uh, University of Georgia. As we always do, but we really did think he was going to be our QB this year and uh, you know take us to the promised land. Uh, it didn't happen, but the fact that we saw that talent initially does make me believe maybe it does exist, maybe it's there, and maybe. Uh, you know, clearly he's going to have to spend some time in the league. I mean, he hasn't gotten a lot of snaps either. He basically played one year because he sat out last year. And a lot of people do say he sat out because he was going to get beat out by JT Daniels. So if that were the case, you know, that's a, that's a negative on him, but that otherwise. um, But according to Micah, JT Daniels will probably win the Heisman next year. Did he? Well, you know, unfortunate things had to happen today where he probably won't now, but. But that being said, he's six four. He's two hundred and thirty pounds. Uh, he does have good arm strength. He does have athleticism. I think he ran a four six, which you know is nothing to snub uh, snub your nose at. So uh, I, yeah, I think he has that's rolling. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I, I think he does have potential, and the athleticism is there. Um, now, Davis uh, Davis Mills, I was toying with ranking him as well. That was my honorable mention guy, but uh, to me. I just think um, he really didn't look that great. And it was at Stanford, you know, but maybe it's uh, maybe in this way it helps Jamie Newman that he sat out because I don't have the film to critique him on really. But, um, but yeah, for me, Jamie Newman makes, makes number eight with Davis Mills closely behind him. Uh, So yeah, I think that that completes our, our uh, coverage here. Is there any last minute guys that none of us talked about that maybe you guys think are worth mentioning, or I think I'm probably not drafting anybody else. Um, but yeah, anybody, anybody that you guys are interested, Buscelli, Ellinger. There's one guy I want to bring up, and I want to mention his name, Mr. Sam Ellinger. You pronounced that Texas was back when you beat a shitty Georgia team with a bunch of people sitting out. Well, guess what, sir? They are not back, and you are not going to be an NFL quarterback. That's all I have to <laughs> say right. about Sam. I wanted him to know that. All right, Nathan, what about you, bud? Yeah, I'll also mention Sam Ellinger, but uh... Uh, just honestly, as an honorable mention, 
yeah. uh, because, um, yeah, I mean, the guy, I was surprised at how mobile this guy is. Like, he's, he's very mobile. He's like a little Tim Tebow. He's got a lot of power, and uh, he, he runs through a lot of contact. Um, so, yeah, and he also, like, surprises defenders with his ability to get around the edge with his speed. So, um, yeah, and, and shown flashes throwing the ball um, with accuracy and everything. Um, like I said, he's a very strong player, can take a lot of punishment. The problem with him is, like, um, for one, his arm strength is nothing special, but it's enough to get the job done in the NFL, in my opinion. Um, but his accuracy and his ball placement is really inconsistent. Like, does not throw wide receiver friendly balls, misses open guys that should, you know, should have been easy hits. Um, so, yeah, especially on the deep ball, like, I saw maybe one or two completions on the deep ball. He is really awful in those. So, he would have a lot to clean up. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, he, he has rushing ability, so, um, I guess he's worth a mention. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, well, all right, guys, that was a fun one. I think, uh, definitely Nathan, you win the hot take award for this one with your, with your Trey Lance ranking. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, you thought that Mac Jones at number four, you were like, oh my goodness. And I was like, oh, you just, (laughs) I know, I know, (laughs) I know, I was, yeah, I was starting to get, yeah. Like just what, did he forget about him? Like what happened? (laughs) Uh, no, hey, I mean, uh, again, I I appreciate even if I disagree, I appreciate. I mean, we know this is what Trey Lance's today. floor is, and Nathan just thinks of him as his floor, and I can't not Nathan for that. Right. Like, we know right. this yeah. is and how I just like bad he could be. We're just we just know we just think that he can be like as good as like possibly advertises. Nathan sees him as a floor, and, and that's why like he's ranked above like several other guys that I think are better quarterbacks than him because he does mm-hmm. have some of the tools that you would want. But, um, but I just like it to me, it's the, what his floor is. And then like the probability of him reaching mm-hmm. what people believe his ceiling is. I just don't think there's a very good fair. chance of that happening. So fair. it's kind of a yeah, ratios thing. That's fair. I mean, yeah. And, and, you know, obviously, you know, I, I, that's why we rank and analyze and all this so we can have takes that, that, blow each other's minds and every and every so, draft one of these top five consensus guys turns out to be shit so mm-hmm. yeah you, you could be right i will say i'm rooting for him to 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 do good uh based on me being the high guy and also me having him in our debbie league but uh, that, <laughs> yeah that, uh, that being said uh i think we can log out today guys uh y'all want to do running backs next yes yes please all right let's do running backs next guys next week we'll be back and we're going to cover these wrecking running backs not quite as deep as last year but i think the top end talent is just just as nice so uh we're we're, we're excited to get into that and um yeah any last words do y'all want to rank dogs like guys in order before we head off oh Oh, real real quick just one three yeah 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 yeah, just real quick that's not a bad idea no why don't you start out uh micah all right So, obviously, Trevor Lawrence is the top man. And then in Tier 2, you have Zach Wilson at 2 and Justin Fields at 3. And then at number 4, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, and Kellen Mund at 5 and 6. And then closing out at 7 and 8 is Jamie Newman and Kyle Trask. All right. Yep. And for me, it is Trevor Lawrence, number 1, Zach Wilson, 2, Justin Fields, number 3, eking out number 4, Mac Jones. Number five is Kellen Mond. Uh, number six, Davis Mills. Seven, Kyle Trask. And number eight, Trey Lance. 
And for me, I got, uh, we all have Trevor Lawrence, number one. I have Justin Fields, sole, sole guy to have him number two. So uh, join the team Fields with me, guys. Uh, Zach Wilson, number three. Uh, Trey Lance, number four. Mac Jones, number five. I think I'm also the only one to have Lance over Jones. Is that, yeah, that's right. So, yeah. uh, and then uh, Kyle Trask, num- oh, I'm sorry, Kellen Mond, number six. Kyle Trask, number seven. Jamie Newman, number eight. So, uh, so yeah, that's where we have it guys. It'll be interesting to see how these get shifted up and changed next month when they, uh, when they get drafted and we have landing spots, but, um, yeah, for me, whoever goes to the Panthers is probably going to be QB number two. So I can go ahead and tell you that. But, um, with that being said, guys, uh, it's always fun as always. We appreciate you listening with that. This is Nathan, Micah, and Josiah fantasy dogs 